Welcome to episode six of Cultured Bubs. I'm your boy Will, Drewski, Mike, and we got Brennan today as our guest. Drew, break down Brennan. Brennan Moore, my guy. The next Muhammad Ali. Buddy took on six dudes at Barfly. Um, Facts. He's also, you know, every every guy, friend group, has that one quiet dude till they get some liquor in them and just <laughs> goes on and on. Zero also, to 100. Also, <laughs> the man, when you start talking about VR games, he will talk the whole car ride home. I mean, like, we went to Kent and he was just non-stop going on and on about VR. And, uh... Me and him have some of the greatest Rock Hill battles, duels. It's like LeBron and KD, like just back and forth. He's also the second fastest friend of her friend group. Second. Yeah, of course, behind me. Jesse, you're slow now. So sit down, kids. <laughs> <laughs> sit down, kids. <laughs> sit down. Can't even defend himself. <laughs> He's just going to watch episode six and be like, He's just what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's our guy, Brennan. Also... I forgot to say this too. He does cocaine because he wears beanies. Oh there's, a, there's, a, there's a story behind that. So this schmuck over here, when he lived at Kent, he had a party. And me and Brendan were on the pong table playing beer pong. And this guy was like, hey, what's up, man, to Brendan? And he's like, you do coke? He's like, because I know all my boys that wear beanies do cocaine. And Brendan's like, no. We were like, what? <laughs> when does that happen? And then two hours later, he's in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. He was in the oh, bathtub. Was that was one of his first oh, learning the lesson night. nights. Yep. Yeah, for sure. It's a marathon, not a race, kid. <laughs> All right, that's what I got for the kid. You can't forget he's concussion king. Oh, yeah. You know. Uh, I'll blame that on you. Yeah, that was... I mean, you stuck your head out of a moving car. Moving at two miles an hour, <laughs> and then breaks slammed. Yeah, <laughs> not going anywhere. What? Yeah, I was back when I had the minivan. We were oh, passing Court's oh. house, and uh, Brennan opens the sliding door and like peeks out, and I got nervous because it started dinging. So I slammed on the brakes, and it came and just slammed on his head. Yeah, because oh. the door doesn't latch. <laughs> so I just <gasps> oh crushed, crushed. <laughs> yeah so like smacked it here hit this side of the where the door would latch yeah and, and then he got a concussion uh, soccer playoff game and it wasn't really a concussion but the trainer for the other school was just trying to keep him off the field for real yeah yeah so oh yeah other things me and brennan were a little bit of the dynamic duo at the hs soccer no, no big deal <laughs> i mean we were we were we did we did more on the indoor soccer field than Oh, Alliance didn't Don't even get me started soccer. on indoor. I mean, you had a lockdown goalie. I wonder who that was. <laughs> no balls get past me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then I catch it, drop and run. <laughs> Take it upfield. But, uh, no, Brennan, our guest, um, he's here to talk some college football with us and do a movie review with us. But we'll start with some college football. These are our way too early rankings. So obviously, Michael, not a big sports guy. No, um, no, not a big football guy. Okay, not a big not football go guy. Go too far. Not a big football guy. The real football. No, um, fact. But uh, he'll, we'll all break down our way too early top ten for what we think the preseason rankings will look like for college football. Um, Michael will give his rendition of what he 
wants to think. <laughs> Guys are in for a treat. <laughs> but uh, let's get into it. Let's start with number 10, Drewski. Who do you have coming in at number 10 in the way too early rankings? I have Clemson coming in at number 10. I think they're due for a bounce back year. Okay. Brennan? Honestly, I have Wake Forest. Okay. Wake Forest. I Returning think. quarterback. I mean, he was the whole offense. Right. Um, that, that will that That's will Sam help. Hartman, right? Yep, Sam Hartman. He yep. was on QB1, if you've and ever seen that. He balled out last year. Um, you look at the Pitt and Wake Forest part of the ACC, and the biggest thing was Hartman and Pickett. Well, right. one's gone. They did right. get Keaton Slovis, so Pitt might still be there. Pat Narduzzi, great coach. But Wake Forest at 10. I'm going Baylor. I'm going Big 12. Um, they lost a lot in their secondary. Jalen Petre, I think, is going to be a big loss because their secondary was a big reason why they were the best defense in the Big 12 um, and ultimately won that conference. But I look to see more from Bohannon, the quarterback that came in and played the Big 12 championship against Oklahoma State. Um, and I think Dave Aranda is a good coach. I think he knows what he's doing. Um, so I have them at 10 to start just because of their good season last year. I don't know how long they'll stay in the top 25 if that big secondary loss does come in to hurt them. Right. But I think Aranda can keep this team in pretty good shape. Michael, who do you have at number 10? This is not to shit on anybody in this room whatsoever, but number 10 is Notre Dame. <laughs> I don't know if you realize this, but there's 130 teams in college football in the top 10 ranking. But I just, I just knew you. I knew you'd have it high. So. No, I mean I have it realistic. That's a good pick. I'm not. I, I'm not biased when it comes All to right, sport. I have it realistic. Ends up being a good pick. It was. I mean, they'll be higher than 10. <laughs> there you go. He said Notre Dame. Oh. All right, so that takes us to number nine. I'm honestly kind of surprised he had Notre Dame. I am too. Five. I was expecting that's like, actually a reasonable pick. Yeah, I was expecting like six MAC schools and four Conference USA's, but yeah. don't sleep on me, man. <laughs> 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 All right, so we'll go to number nine. Michael, we'll start with you. Who do you have at number nine? He's got to go to the next <laughs> yeah. to look. I got a Ball State. Because <laughs> Okay. Why, why do you have Ball State? <laughs> I think the name is funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ball State comes up number nine. I will say this: Ball State Notre Dame played a couple years ago, and Notre Dame had to escape an upset. So okay, maybe maybe they finally take that next step and beat those teams. Drew, who you got? I agree. Number nine? I got. <laughs> I agree. I have Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Okay. Why? They're drip. Drip. Okay. Fair enough. And okay. they play Ohio State pretty good last year. You think they're a Pac-12 favorite? Yeah. Okay. And I don't think the Pac-12 is really like... I mean, it's definitely yeah. bottom tier. Right. Uh, Conference. Power 5. School, yeah. Or Power 5 conferences. Although, Lincoln Riley, big move. USC, maybe? I'm, I don't know. We always say USC and Texas are back. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Brennan. We will see. <laughs> I have Oklahoma State. Okay. Why? Spencer Sanders. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, him coming back. I think they could do just as good, if not a little better than they did last year. Yeah, a lot of that offense is returning. Seven returning starters on the offense, 11 total returning starters. A lot of t- – t- took a hit on the defense. Lost their D coordinator. They got Auburn's old D coordinator. Um, but I'm going to Oklahoma State for nine as well. Um, why'd, you, why'd you do that? Huh? Why'd you do that? Oklahoma State? Yeah. We got their D.C. Oh. Oh, I thought you were saying like – how did you not I know thought, that? I thought he was saying, like, I was going to say Ohio State at 9. And I was no. like, no, I have them way higher than 9. Yeah. Anyway, so Oklahoma State for me, Spencer Sanders, if he protects the ball, this team is dangerous. Biggest biggest thing with Spencer Sanders is turnovers. But when he is on and doesn't turn the ball over, their offense puts up points. And that's all you need in the Big 12. I don't think you need the defense of taking that defensive hit. Mark Gundy's going to have this offense in midseason form, I think, early on. Takes us to number 8. 
Brandon, we'll start with you. Who do you have at number eight? I have Baylor at number eight. Okay. So I said Oklahoma State will do just as good, if not better, but I think Baylor takes the takes the top spot because of the Big Twelve championship outcome. Yeah. Okay. Drewski. I have that team up north. I hope they do good. So when we play them, we kick their butt. Okay. So going Michigan at eight, Michael. So I got a uh, for eight. Navy, cause shout out, <laughs> shout out Jesse, baby. Shout out Let's Jesse. go. <laughs> Hell yeah, we'll we'll see him soon. Uh, for me, I'm going Clemson at eight. They have 16 returning starters. Um, I think they were a team last year um, that was killed by inexperience. Oh, we yeah. all know Dabo is a good coach. I think we're gonna expect a lot more from Uyagalele this year. Um, he has one full season as a starter under his belt, and then the one game against Notre Dame the year before. Um, the defense did lose big names. Nolan Turner, Andrew Booth, James Skowski's a gone. Um, so they're, they're going to have to fill some holes on the defense. But they, of those 16 starters, 10 are on offense. So I'm, I'm expecting this Clemson offense to be Can't forget. pretty lethal. The only one they lost was Justin Ross. Can't forget that Dabo has that drip. Yeah. But I'm expecting a lot from Uyagalele. And realistically, last year was a bad season for Clemson, but they still went 9-3 and three in the regular season. Right. So... Um, I have them at preseason eight. That takes us to number seven. Michael, we'll start with you. Who's ahead of who's who's edging out Navy for the seventh spot? Number seven, Troy, because that movie's fire. If, you, if you've seen it, oh my god, <laughs> Troy's on the verge of being demoted from D one. They might have a bounce back here. You never know. Brennan, what do you, who do you have at seven? Me. I said Brennan, but who oh. wants to go? Yeah. I didn't go ahead. Drew. Me. <laughs> My bad, Brent. But I have uh, Georgia at seven. They lost a lot. They did lose a lot of the pieces, but they're one of like you know, they're one of the top dogs. Yeah, recruiting. They got it. They got a good coach. Yeah, smart coach. I'm at seven. Yeah, he is smart. And Kirby. Yeah, Brennan. I have Michigan at number seven. Okay. I think they lost a lot of key players, but Aiden's gonna be hard to replace. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm going Utah. I think Devin Lloyd's going to be the big player that's going to be hard to replace, but I think Cameron Rising, the quarterback, is going to take huge strides. We saw what he can do in the Rose Bowl. Um, If that offense can take even more of a leap, I think they could be a really fun team to watch in the Pac-12. It will be them in Oregon, I think, but I'm giving Utah the edge just due to that great season last year um, and the Rose Bowl game against Ohio State. I think a lot of people didn't even expect them to be in it, and it was the best game of the whole yeah. season oh, by far. Um, it was definitely the best game. Yeah, so I, I say watch out for Cameron Rising, and uh, we'll see how how it goes replacing Devin Lloyd for sure, All-American. Um, that takes us to number six. Drewski, who do you have at six? I have Texas A&M at six. They had a great recruiting Number class. one class. They pulled in great. They pulled in eight yeah. top 25 prospects. And their offense should be one of the best. Yep. Texas A&M. Gig them. There you go. Brennan? I have Utah at six. Okay. I think they're the best team in the Pac-12. And just keeping up with Ohio State in that bowl game, I think, was a big, big thing for them. Yeah, Kyle Whittingham put his name on the map last season, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but we'll see how they continue with that. It was awesome. Really a fun team to watch oh, every yeah. year. You're always like, Utah, Utah Utes. Like, yeah. They're fun, you know. Michael. Number, number six. six. I got Rice. 
So I love me some fried rice. A little bit of extra shrimp in there. So he is going like Conference USA <laughs> and something else. <laughs> um, for me at six, I got Michigan. You can't deny that last season was their best season probably in our lifetime. Yeah. Um, they, they finally did it. They took down finally. the team down south. Um, <laughs> no, they took down Ohio State, which is obviously a big feat for not only the school, but for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Um, the defense was blown up by the draft, though. Um, just like Georgia, losing Aiden Hutchinson's a big piece. They lost Ojabo. A lot of big names. Um, what's the state? Daxon Hill's gone. Mm-hmm. They, they lost a key player in each level of the defense. That's going to be hard to overcome, which is why I don't have them as a top five team preseason. Um, Hutchinson will be super hard to replace. That's, I mean, you got a defense player receiving Heisman votes, a finalist. That's not, that doesn't happen very often. Um, McNamara, great season. We didn't know what to expect from him. Um, I think he's going to start the season as the starter. Um, if things don't go as planned, I think we could see some McCarthy. Yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised if we start seeing a little bit of dual quarterback action, action between McNamara and McCarthy. But I think what you saw from McNamara last year, you definitely got to roll with him into this season. And I think they're uh, at number six to start the year. Returning eight starters in the offense, so you could see a lot of the, the same from them as yeah. far as offensive production They would goes. switch those two, like... They would come yeah. in, in and out, so yeah. would not surprise me. So that takes us to our preseason top five. We'll have Michael kick us off with number five. Number five in Nevada, Viva Las Vegas, baby. Oh, my goodness. The Wolfpack. Yeah. Wolfpack. Colin Kaepernick coming in at number five. Brennan, who do you have at five? I have Texas A&M. I just think that massive recruiting class that they have yeah. could, could bring a lot to that team. Yeah. Really good recruiting class. Drewski. I have the Irish at five. Okay. I like Marcus Freeman, even though he's been kind of talking out of state on this side. I think he's a really good hire. Yeah, no, absolutely. Players love him. Returning seven starters on both, both sides. sides. Yeah. It's going to be huge for him. Yep, for sure. Um, I'm going Texas A&M at five because um, the fact that they only have ten total returning starters is where the inexperience is going to play in a little bit. Um, so I think that's why I still think they get top five because of that recruiting class, but I don't think they have the nod because they don't have the experience. Um, like I said, number one class, eight top 25 prospects. The quarterback situation is iffy as well. It's not like, oh, who are we going to start between two bad guys? They have two good guys right. going against each other um, in uh, Kings and Johnson, Max Johnson. So it's going to be a fun battle. They got Hans King from LSU. Uh, I think it'll be a fun battle, but I have them starting the season at five, and that takes us to our top four. Um, Drew, I'll start with you. Who do you got at four? So I got Utah at four. Oh. Yeah. Just like I said earlier, they showed a lot against us. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Mike? I'm just going to get a little serious with you guys. Go Ohio State for number four. Okay. So Just because really it's, it's OSU and shout out Joey as well. Okay. Shout out Slime. Brennan? I have Notre Dame. I think losing Hamilton hurt, but I believe they got Brandon Joseph. Yeah, from Northwestern. And then I think the just the hype around Freeman really yeah. really brings a lot. Yeah. You can tell like the players love him. Yeah. Well, not just the players. Uh, I saw a report too. 300 total alumni showed up for the spring game because they loved the Marcus Freeman hire. And Freeman said he wants to get the alumni involved more. Um, cool. I have Notre Dame at four as well. Like you said, 14 returning starters. Um, a, a team that really caught a lot of heat down the stretch. I think if they played Cincinnati week eight, they it, I don't even think it's close, to be honest. Um, I think Jack Cohen found his stride. The quarterback situation was iffy the first five games. Cohen's obviously gone, so the quarterback position is still the question mark. 
you got Drew Pine, you got Tyler Buckner, do you start Angela the freshman? Where are you going in this route? Um, that's the biggest question mark. If Buckner comes out and plays, this is a team that's competing for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, huge addition was Brandon Joseph for that defense. You lose Kyle Hamilton, you're going with youth, and then Brandon Joseph says, wait, 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 I'm going to move 40 miles to the east. And Marcus Freeman, like you guys said, looks like it's going to be a good hire, but obviously there was that breakdown in the bowl game last year. But it was also his first game. He was told right. as the head coach two weeks before the game. Yeah. And when you look at it in that sense, you played with a really good Big 12 school um, for four quarters. Yes, you came up short, but it was still a good game. Yeah. That takes us to our top three. Michael, kick us top off. Top three, baby. What's Let's number three? Real. Who do you got at number three? Number three, we got the Blue Mountain State Mountain Goats. Let's oh, go. Yes. Oh, my God. Let's go, Go House. Led by Thad Shout Castle. Shout out Thad Castle. If you, need a good, if you need a good oil change, just go to Blue Mountain State if anybody gets that. There you go. Who do you got number three? I have USC. Whoa. I, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> just, I think that Caleb Williams transfer, Lincoln, no, Lincoln Riley. Riley. They got some good recruits, too. Let's not sleep on them. Got would some good got, transfers, too. If you got the offer that Lincoln Riley got to go to USC, would you have taken it? Oh, yeah. What did he get? He, they bought his house in Oklahoma. Helped him get a house in L.A. They got a private jet for his family whenever they need it. Oh, yeah. Uh, like $20 million a year. Like, it's ridiculous oh, what this guy was offered to come great. to USC. And then he still gets his quarterback. And recruiting's looking up for the Trojans as well. And I'm pretty sure Oklahoma last year got the number one receiver, and he's going over at USC too. Yeah. Brennan, who do you got at three? I have Ohio State. <clears throat> I think their offense can still be as highly as productive as they were. I think that defense needs a little bit of work, but I still yeah. think they'll be a top team just as every other year. For sure. For three, I got Georgia. Um, this is a big, like, it's hard for me to push Georgia out of the top three. Even though that defense was blown up by the draft, you've still got a team that won the national championship. You can't deny that. Right. They're bringing back most of their offense. Um, Jalen Carter is still going to be the defense tackle, and, I mean, looking at his highlights and what everybody says about him, he could be better than Devontae White and Jordan Davis. So I don't think the holes will need filled, obviously. You lose Dean, you lose Trayvon Walker, you lose a lot of your secondary. Like, you lost seven starters, but I think they have guys, because like you said, the recruiting is so good by Kirby Smart, that can fill those holes and still make them a very competitive playoff contender. Right. Um, so I have them at three to start mine. Uh, that takes us to number two. Drew, who do you got at number two? I got the Buckeyes, just like Brent said, the offense is in no doubt, like, the receivers, like, I don't think they're going to miss a beat with Marvin Harrison as the number two, and and Jigba at receiver one. Uh, Julian Fleming. Fleming. You got a a group, And um, there's another receiver I really, like, I can't say his name, though. But anyways, the offense, Stroud coming back, the defense is... Trayvon Henderson is a sophomore. Yeah. True like, sophomore, like, yeah. Offense should be, like, the highest-scoring offense in college. But yeah. the defense is the biggest question mark. I like the <clears throat> D.C. higher. Yeah. So. Brennan, number two? Number two, I have Georgia. Okay. I think they they lost a few, but I believe they had, is it the number two recruiting class? Yeah. For this year. And then coming off of the national championship win, I just, I think they take two spots. Michael? Number two, South Central Louisiana State, Mud Dogs. Oh my God! Because because uh, my mama said foosballs for the devil, but I think the Mud Dogs could prove her wrong in that sense. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So good we, pick. Good pick. 
Not a valid argument. <laughs> For me, I want Buckeyes. Like you guys said, bringing back a lot of talent. Defense is still a question mark, but they did add Sander Tanner, McAllister, the safety in the transfer portal from Oregon State. And then, like you said, the Jigba. Yeah. 95 receptions, 1,600 yards last year. I, I mean, 300 yards in the Rose Bowl game. Like, like that's Madden numbers. You got, Ohio State just had two receivers go off at 11 and 12 in the draft, or 10 and 11. Yeah, 10-11. And Njigba might be a top And they three all say Njigba's better. He them. might be a top three pick. Early mock draft show number one. Yeah. Which is crazy to think a wide receiver went off one. But that's how uh, sought after this guy is. Yeah. They did have the ninth best defense in the Big Ten last year. And that's why I say the defense is still a question mark. Bringing a new D coordinator, which was big. Um, last year we saw Ohio State struggle defensively with a couple of teams. Oregon's obvious. Uh, Oregon's a good team, though, but like early on in the first half, they struggled with Tulsa. Yeah. Um, so defense definitely a question mark, but with that offense, I, I see them going undefeated. Um, good. Number one, I think we all have the same one except for Michael. Except for Michael. So I'm just going to say it for us three, Alabama. Yep. It's the reason, Bryce Young's coming back and Nick Saban's their coach. Right. Michael, yeah. who do you got at number one? Alabama. <laughs> all right, let's go. Number one, the Kent State Stark. University, <laughs> baby. Oh, my God. Brendan and I went there our freshman year. Tell you what, just the intramural presence is looking real good there. Okay. I think they could make it to the top. They got dogs? They got some dogs. All right. Got some dogs. <laughs> so there's our top ten. Now we'll do a little bit of, like, late season projections. Um, What what we kind of think the college football playoff landscape will look like um, based on our thoughts here in May. Um, obviously way too early as well. We'll have more episodes as we lead up. Maybe Michael's top ten will change a little bit. Um, Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll talk about them. So let's talk about first, who are your first two teams out? Who do you have at five and six finishing the season um, right now? Six, I have Notre Dame. Okay. And five, I have USC. Okay. That's the first two out. Okay. Do you have, like, records, projections, or just, like, you think... I mean, Notre Dame has a tough schedule. They play Ohio State and Clemson. Right. So I definitely think they're going to lose two games. Okay. Brendan, who are your first two out? First two out, I'll probably... Within my top ten, because I think anybody in the top ten has a chance to make it. Yeah. But the top two out, I'll probably have to go with Baylor and Utah. Baylor and Utah? Okay, so you have what I'm guessing is Big 12 and Pac-12 champions, but they have losses in the regular season? Yeah. Okay. Um, For me, I am going with, for six, I have Texas A&M. I think that team, or not, sorry, not Texas A&M, Georgia, SEC. I think they're a team that the defense is going to hurt them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they'll go 11-2, and they'll miss out. Or they'll make the SEC championship because they're on the opposite side of Bama and Texas A&M. But I think they'll lose to Bama, and I think they're going to fall in a regular season game. They play Oregon week one. They obviously have a tough SEC schedule every year. That SEC's tough. You play teams right. like Florida, um, Auburn, LSU. They, they're going to have a tough schedule. I think they fall one of those games or Oregon. Um, so that's their second loss, and then Bama's obviously their first. For five, I'm going Clemson. I think they're the ACC champs at 11-2, and two, but I think they lose to Notre Dame in Notre Dame. And I think they fall a flute game to Boston College or Florida State. Mm. We know Phil Jerkovich is returning to Boston College. 
I know Jordan Travis is returning to Florida State, and Florida State's recruiting classes have been looking up, and they have a lot of returning starters coming. I think those are two schools that could be upset specials in the ACC and maybe even make a little bit of a like a leap. You know, you always have that ACC school that makes a leap. Last year was Pitt and Wake Forest. Right. This year I think Boston College could be one of them if Djurkovic can stay healthy. Um, so that's my first two out, Georgia and Clemson. That takes us... Michael, you, you, you just... I agree with one of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Michael's out on this one. But um, yep. that takes us to our top four. Brendan, I'll start with you. Four, three, two, one. Where are you going? You want me to list all of them? Yep. I honestly am just going to keep my top four the same. I think Notre Dame will come in at fourth, Ohio State at three, Georgia at two, and Alabama at one. I feel like Alabama and Georgia are pretty constant every year, as, as well as Ohio State, and I think Notre Dame could... Honestly, make a run. Okay. Drew? So I have A&M 4, Georgia 3, Ohio State 2, Bama 1. Okay. That's my top four. For me, I have four Texas A&M, 11-1, close loss to Bama. That's certainly a loss. I think it's a close one. I don't think it's like last year where it was 52-24. Right. I think it's a lot closer. They're at four. Three, Notre Dame. I think they go 11-1 with a one-possession loss to Notre Dame or Ohio State. Uh, week one in the horseshoe. I, I think Mark Sherman's going to come heated up, but I think they fall short just because of that star-studded offense. Right. Um, at number two, I'm going with Ohio State, Big Ten champions, 13-0. And at number one, I'm going Bama, SEC championships. SEC champions, 13-0. So two undefeateds coming into the playoffs. Bama, two Buckeyes. And that would do a Buckeyes-Notre Dame rematch and then a Bama-Texas A&M rematch. Mm. So we can see two rematches, two teams try to get vengeance, and we probably see Bama and Ohio State in the championship. <laughs> but, Hope so. But that is that is my way too early. Way, uh, way too early. That's all of our way too early college football playoff predictions. Mine's probably the most accurate if we're being yeah, real. Michael is probably going to be here, right? Troy. Troy. Michael's going to name his first son Troy now. <laughs> <laughs> probably Rice. I'd probably name him. Rice Maraza. Rice Maraza. I can see Michael naming a kid pizza. Yeah. Probably middle name. Rice pizza. Rice pizza. Rice pizza. So that will take us to our film review segment. Um, Today we're going to be reviewing The Northman. Came out April 22nd, 22. Calm down. April 22nd, 2022. One of the best Um, comedies of the year. So less than a month ago, a little bit less than a month ago, we saw it here with Brennan. Um, Directed by Robert Eggers, who also did The Witch in 2015 and The Lighthouse in 2019, to critically acclaimed horror movies in the modern era. Cast, Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicole Kidman, Willem Dafoe, Clay's Bang, Ethan Hawke. A really good cast. Yeah. Um, reception, 7.8 on IMDb, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a lot of people have said they really like it. Um, let's talk. <laughs> I know, I, I feel like I'm going to be ganged up against on this one. Maybe Brennan's on I my side. So. I, f- I think I can... I think I'll probably. I think I feel like. Right. We'll start with you guys. We'll start with you guys. Yeah, honestly, you guys talk to us. What What did you not like about it? I feel like objectively it's good, but subjectively, like, it's just like when you when you go in there and you're just not used to like the Game of Thrones type vibe, you know? What yeah. I'm so it just the, wasn't your genre. Yeah, you're saying? yeah. I mean, okay. like, but like, and there was some like weird moments bro. where I was like, "What am I watching?" Yeah. Right now? But I feel like, but like I said, objectively, that's how it was back then. You yeah, know what I'm saying no, like yeah, it was sure. a good way of rendering what it was like, their customs and yeah, their chants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, them just like barking like dogs was dancing weird. around the fire with yeah, yeah, around yeah. The neck. Like, it was. I, I liked it a lot. 
I did too. What yeah. else did you not? What else did you guys like? Not like? Did you just like the genre wasn't for you? Is that what you're saying? They just played my boy Goblin wrong, dude. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my god! I got some like nightmares to see Bunny like. I thought it might be too scary for Drew. Drew was probably like, Goblin's in here. Where's Spider-Man? I was waiting for Toby to swing around in it. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, man. But just like, I don't know. Just him making out with his mom, too. That was pretty weird. Oh, his mom made the first move. Don't. don't. But like, he could have pulled away. He was like, he could have. He, oh. g- he gave. He yeah. gave a little bit to that. Yeah, he, he stuck. A I saw tongue some bite the lips action. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Brendan, what, what are your thoughts on the movie? I honestly liked it a lot. I thought I did too. Uh, going into it, I didn't. I honestly don't think I saw much of anything about it. Yeah, until, it wasn't really. Like, I didn't see one trailer. Yeah, so going in, I didn't have... That's how all of Robert Eggers' movies have been, though. Yeah. Do you guys even know what The Witch and the White House are? No. He's a really underrated director, I but... I think I've heard of... Those are the two I think I've heard of. Okay. Uh, I don't think I like The Witch okay. uh, a whole lot, but uh, going to this... the in the White House, but it's too scary for you. <laughs> and Robert Pattinson. Probably. Or no, I think I did see it on, like, it's a the Batman and Green Goblin. I White saw House. a letterbox. Drew's <laughs> like, I don't know, might not be worth it. It's not. But it's no, like uh, this movie. Going into it, I don't think I had really any expectations just from not seeing much of anything yeah. about it. But after watching it, I think I can say I really, really enjoyed it. See, that's how I was. I really didn't know anything about it. And I saw it twice. Once with you guys and once with people from The Exchange. And both times, I really enjoyed it. And I had no idea going into what I was going to watch. Um, for me, it probably would have been rated higher if they didn't kill a puppy. But I liked it a lot. I thought it was I thought it was badass with the puppy. Yeah, I had but, some yeah. badass moments, but like there was other moments like what am I watching right now? I think One, I think a lot ahead. of that has to do with like what it was about. So like I think back in that time and it was like I think it's Norse mythology. Yeah. And so like even that I had nothing to I had no knowledge on that, but uh, I actually stumbled across, I think it was an article that Barstool did, uh-huh. and it gave like a rundown of like very brief topics that might help you understand a little bit, and I think Valhalla was one, mm-hmm. and I think Valkyries was another, that like I was able to read that and have some brief knowledge on that, and then yeah. after watching it, like I could make those connections, be like, okay, that's what that is, and okay, like understand yeah. some things. It comes think, from a, it's actually based off the tale of Amleth. Which is yeah. who's played by Alexander Skarsgård. You either need needed to have known some stuff about that mythology before, or went and looked it up after to really like understand it. Yeah. That's what I took from it. I think if I because like oh sorry, all those pop ups when they would move to like a different era or like a different area, yeah. it was just like wait, where are they going with the land of Russ? Like <laughs> shout out Russell Clifford Jones. Anyways. <laughs> Which he texted me. I gotta text him back. But <laughs> that's what made me think of it. I thought uh, the final battle could have, like ended differently. Wasn't the ending that I thought? But like I, I thought they were I don't think on it was necessarily bad. No, I'm not saying that. But I thought they were at Mustafar. I thought buddies were about to pull out a lightsaber oh for a God. second. Oh, but no, I'm I'm playing. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I wish lightsabers was in this film. It made it seem like you know when uh, 
Anaya's character got pregnant and, you know, he was becoming a dad and they made it seem like he was going to go, like, the different route from his dad and, like, not, you know, like, die in battle. Like, I thought he was going to actually... Be a father? Yeah, be a father. I thought that was going to be... Well, I don't bad. know. He was saying... But he you, was... you, you got to remember... I will avenge you, father. I will save oh, your mother. I will kill you, Fionir. And he's hard. just on the boat for five minutes, just screaming that I want to. When walk I saw out. that, I love the potty break. That was cool. When I saw the king and his son at the beginning movie, like turn into furries and run across the ground in that temple, and then I saw that happen, I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what this is gonna be. I, I kind of became iffy on it, but like, I'm not gonna lie. It was like. I didn't hate it. Like, I thought I, it was good I, for what it was. I think the biggest takeaway is it's a movie for tough guys, for sure. So, like, it makes sense. Coming from you? I'm a tough guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm a tough guy. I mean, what can I say? I don't... Nah, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Watch it, kid. Watch it. <laughs> it's nothing bad. It's, just, it's an exchange inside joke that nobody would understand except for the exchange people. You guys know what I'm talking about if you're listening watching oh gosh you know why i'm a tough guy um anyway oh, shout out turbo <laughs> turbo gave us a great comment on he did one of our episodes recently uh but overall i thought it was a really fun movie let's talk ratings out of out of 10 we'll, we'll keep doing this the film reviews rating them out of 10 drew i'll start with you what are you giving it out of 10 and wait i'm gonna give you another question what do you give it out of 10 and does it make you want to look more into robert eggers movies I'm going to give it 4.2 and no. Tough. Mike. <laughs> we'll never waste two hours of my life watching that movie again. I'm going like... Six, seven. <laughs> Took you long enough. <laughs> six, seven. I, I had to think. I had to think. Okay, six, seven. What, does it make you want to... Look more. I think you'd I, like the other Robert. That's what I'm saying. Horror. Yeah, I would. I would definitely. I, like I said, I, for what it was, it was. It was good. It just wasn't my. Complaint. Yeah, Brennan. I would probably say anywhere from a seven point five to an eight. Okay. I'll probably stick with the seven point five. Uh, I think if like you knew more about like that mythology and everything it could score a lot higher i thought i mean i really enjoyed it but i think there was like a lack of knowledge there okay and so for me personally i'll score it a little bit lower than had i known more about that um watching more of his movies i well you said lighthouse was the other one Mm. that one i might have to watch but again uh the witch i don't it couldn't get my attention, and so it was a pretty tough watch for me. Okay. For me, I'm going to go 9 to 9-5. Nine, um, I, I think it was very well written. I think it was very, very good job at directing for Robert Eggers, and yes, I wanted really to explore. 9.5? Did you really say that? Or in my dream? Are we dream? Well, I'm tougher than you guys, so of course I'm going to think oh, that would be good. This guy's a joker right now. <laughs> Three and on my amateur boxing career. Beat your ass. <laughs> Definitely talking about Cole there. Yeah. Aw, I wasn't gonna say any names. <laughs> but nine nine five, and I yeah, I definitely want to see more uh, Robert Eggers, um, and I look forward to what he does in the future. 
Um, that takes us to question of the day. Oh, okay. Michael, what so do you got So our question us? of the day is, would you rather fight one human-sized duck or ten duck-sized humans? Brennan, you're the guest. So pretty much the duck's the same size as you, but then you have ten little humans that are the size of ducks. Definitely going ten humans the size of ducks. I, I think I could just kick them. Yeah, yeah I could I, kick a few I'm, pretty far. Especially if they're not tough like you two. Are they, are they shaped like ducks or just a size? Just a size. It's okay. just a little fucking shaped duck with a rifle's head. head I mean, they it's, got ten, it's ten ducks with Jesse's head on it. Or your head. No, I would definitely choose ten the size of ducks. I'd probably I'd probably do the ten as well, just because I think kicking. This is the route to go. Whereas I feel like a human-sized duck with a big old beak would just wreck me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to body 10 ducks, honestly. Like, I'm tough, and I, I still don't think I can take a human-sized It's still a tough birds, question. And it birds are scary, I'm not going to lie. Birds scare the hell out of me. Yeah. But think about how smart humans are, though. There's 10 of those little fuckers. They could come up with a way to get your ass, I feel like. I guess. You kick in one, and the other one starts duck, climbing up like, you, and then yeah. you're like, I don't know, they... Oh. Gnomes over here. <laughs> <laughs> Trolls. Trolls. Right, Drew, what are you going? With? I already said. I was going the ten. You're ten. Going the ten. Yeah. Are you going big old duck? I don't know if I could just clip him one time. You <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't see it coming. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I have been playing some VR box. I can so. clip him once. <laughs> I mean, um, it's a hard, it's a hard question, but I, I might just go the other route and I'm picking the human-sized duck. Okay. Respectable. Let us know your answer in the comments below. Would you rather fight ten duck-sized humans or one human-sized duck? Please let us know in the comments below. That is it for episode six of Cultured Bubs. Thank you all for watching. Check out the website on www.culturedbubs.weebly.com. Subscribe and follow our social links below. We will talk to you soon. Peace.